0: It's time for Bring Your Own Lunch, a podcast for your whole face, with your host, Dave T. Koenig. da yi. See, I have a two-year-old son, and uh, he is just learning to communicate what he's thinking, what he's feeling. It's awesome. Uh, we went through this with my daughter, and to watch them develop verbal skills, and to make connections, and, and, and reach out to you, and 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 truly express what's going on inside is is like a miracle it's amazing it's it's just great and his new thing that he learned the 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 latest and greatest right now is da da now that is what prefaces every question he has, and more specifically every time he asks me for something, which is invariably his major reason for opening his mouth because he's two. So all weekend long, whenever I would be in the same room with my son, who is awesome, he would invariably just start saying Da ye. And of course he's he's saying daddy but in his own inimitable way I guess not inimitable because I just imitated the budt so he'll go daddy? and I'll say yes you want a cracker Daddy? yes yes what is it to book a book cookie you you want a cookie? Okay. Da Yeah, yes, 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 what is it? A to cracker? Oh, yeah, okay. We you have a cracker. Yes. Yes. So that will happen right in the midst of an already existing conversation. And if you're the type to believe in the the fact that our entire lives are made up of threads or strings, he himself is responsible for millions and millions of strings at this point. Because each one has its own little timeline. Even though we've already started talking, he still needs to say, Da-yee! before each new question. So it's fascinating. And and I don't know why I did that, but I figured we'd start a little bit differently this week. Uh, come on in. Hello, sit down, welcome. You, this is the Bring Your Own Lunch podcast at bringyourownlunch.com. The magic of iTunes, the majesty of Sitcher, and however you found your way to this program... As you heard at the top, my name is Dave T. Koenig. I'm an actor, writer, director, producer, comedian, all-around swell guy, and, of course, the host of the podcast you're listening to right now, BYOL. And I thank you for doing it. It's been a fun ride so far. And we are continuing this week with Sean Kennan. Last week we had a part one of my interview with him, and uh, this week it's part two. And uh, if you didn't listen last week, now would be a good time to just stop everything... Go back to part one and listen to what's going on uh, because it'll help. It'll give you some context about Sean, who is uh, not only a very good actor and and working actor and voiceover artist who has had some really interesting experiences. He is also co-owner and co-founder of Hyperbolic Audio, which is a major audio production studio in the heart of Manhattan right off Times Square. So uh, probably if you if you want, um, just go listen to part one now. And I'll wait. All right. Chances are that uh, they're off going to listen to that. So we'll just continue. And, and when they come back, we'll catch them up. It'll be fine. Uh, so we got Sean part two coming up in just a few minutes. Um, but uh, it's I, I, as you know, I'm an actor or, or if you don't know, I'm an actor and uh, I'm represented by a management company called Sid Levin and Associates um, it's, uh, something that I've been doing since January. So it's fairly new, uh, that I have been signed with that, uh, management company. Uh, but they're great. Sid is awesome. She is super, super experienced and, uh, is well known in the industry. And, uh, so far so good. We've been working together on getting a lot of things up and running and solidified and all that good stuff. And her partner in it, Harold Luter, uh, both of them worked really, really hard, harder than me. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate everything they do. One of the things Harold does is curate the Sid Levin and Associates uh, secret Facebook group uh, that you can only be a member of if you're a client of theirs. And what they do is they post, uh, especially Harold, posts helpful stuff to the group, uh, articles and such, that uh, will help us uh, in our in our pursuits to become uh, better and better actors and more successful actors and, and more working actors. Uh, something he posted this past week... Um, was an article uh, at EliteDaily.com that says why charismatic people are more successful. Uh, It's kind of one of those um, damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of articles, because when you write something like that, you also have to identify the fact that charisma is something that uh, is inherent and uh, natural born of some people and not of others. It's just a fact. Uh, Well, maybe we're all on some degree charismatic but some are further along uh on the uh, chart than others let's say uh, and some don't have as much charisma and both are very important but in this one says uh, charismatic people so they're just more successful um so you, know, you can't teach it you, you can't acquire it you just either have a lot of charisma or you don't uh so it's a fascinating article now i am somebody who is in the business of being charismatic one way or another and uh I guess on some level that I have to say, well, yeah, I've got, well, I guess, a little charisma, I suppose, a bit of charisma in here. I can't argue that I don't have any because, as an actor, uh, you know, that's 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 what we deal in. We deal in a little bit of charisma. So I'm looking at this um, article and I'm thinking of my life and and where I've gone and where I am now. And at different times in my life, I've had. Uh, pretty obvious charisma. When I was young, my parents liked to joke that when we would get together for family gatherings, I used to sing Bobby Vinton songs like uh, the, po- the Polish love song. I think that's what it's called. Uh, and, and I was very big with adults, but with kids my own age for a long time, I was sort of a little standoffish, a little shy, a little uh, unsure of myself. And then when I got older and went to college, I was much better with peers and, you know, I kind of was just exclusively charisma. I don't know if I had a lot of depth when I was in college. Um, And I tried to just sort of use that charisma to get myself into a lot of different uh, situations. Uh, And I'm not talking, yeah, I'm talking not personally, uh, professionally. I should make that very clear. Like uh, getting an internship at NBC. I think that was just based on charisma alone. And the ability of or the uh, the desire to say, okay, you know, I'm just going to get myself in there. They're going to want it, you. They're where they're going to want me as an intern. Of course, they are. And uh, that's how I kind of floated along. One thing I tried to get was a job with a radio station on Long Island called K-Joy. And if you're from Long Island, that probably is familiar to you. As is their mascot, the duck. Now, the duck, Lucky the duck, I think it was called, uh, was. Uh, pretty much their marketing vehicle if you saw kjoy you saw the call letters kjoy even though it's on the east coast and it was a w something other W K J Y, I think uh and the duck was right there with it so you knew the duck you knew the call letters you knew K Joy. and i was looking on the job board at school at hofstra university and i saw that uh They were looking for somebody to portray Lucky the Duck for radio promotions. And I was like, well, you know, that's something I could do. Because why? Because I got charisma. So I applied for the job. And I got an interview. And when I got there, I think the reality of playing a duck for a radio station hit me. And suddenly all the charisma that I thought I brought into the room left me. And the person who interviewed me was a woman named Donna Vaughn, or is a name, woman named Donna Vaughn. And uh, incidentally, when I went on to work for WALK on Long Island, she came on as news director after I was already working there. And I don't think we ever had a conversation uh, to confirm the fact that this this actually happened, that we both remember it, but I know I do. So I went into uh, the uh, studios of WKJY, KJOY to meet with Donna Vaughn, who was the promotions manager at the time, and her job was to find the new Lucky Duck. So she sat me down, and I'm, of course, wearing a shirt and tie and jacket to be Lucky Duck, who is a costumed character who would not be wearing a shirt, tie, and jacket underneath the Lucky Duck costume. Presumably so. So I sat down there, and she started talking. She started letting me know everything that's supposed to happen. You're going to go, and we need somebody to go to events and work with the promotions people and get out there and shake it up and dance around and shake the tail and get really down and, you know, start really getting people pumped up and get people excited about K-Joy because we need somebody who's going to be really, really, really out there and really enthusiastic and really, 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 really outgoing. Are you outgoing? And I looked at her and I said, yeah. Needless to say, I did not get that job. But later on, I did work for Donna as a news uh, anchor slash reporter. And it's debatable whether or not that was successful either. But that's the story. Got to make sure we thank a few people. Banuba.net, that's where you can go find all the information about the band that uh, provides the music for this show, Banuba. Uh, They've got some live dates and, of course, music to download at their site. Uh, Monday, August 25th, 8 p.m. at this theater. The second New York short film shootout will be occurring. We hope you can join us. We have a lineup of great films that we will be announcing uh, or have already announced, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Uh, and this theater, this dot com. You can find out everything that is going on at that venue. Uh, go check them out. Uh, as of this uh, recording, they do not yet have a new name. So this dot com is the place to go. All right, let's get back into it with Sean Cannon, my friend who who has got some uh, interesting things going on and find out how he got to be working with the Smurfs. All right, so 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 let's keep talking about how things were for you coming out of Anda and and you know, I talk with other people about that moment where you decide or you realize, okay, the universe uh, and my, well, maybe the universe or maybe it's your experiences, but but you've, you have some sort of confirmation that you're heading in the right direction. Did you ever have one of those moments where it was like, okay, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do? Because as an actor, I mean, there is no certainty in our careers, it's, you know. Oh, geez, yeah. But there are definitely <laughs> moments where you're like, okay, I'm eased in the thought that I'm not ridiculous for having chosen this as my right. career. Right, right. What was maybe your first notion that okay, I can maybe do this as a as a profession? I think, um, gosh,
1: <laughs> where to start? Uh, I, okay, so so uh, at, at a young age, I um, you know obviously you know wherever you are in the world, uh, you 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 do plays at your high school or your community theater or whatever, and and you get. You know, obviously people uh, liking what you do and, and saying that you're talented and, and and happy to have you as part of their cast. Right. Mm. Um, that was the first sort of, I think, thing. And I think that, you know, not enough credit is given to these, you know, these high school productions, these like community productions. Sure. That have so much heart and like really so much talent. I mean, like there are some incredibly talented people that I worked with in, you know, uh, in, uh, in the western suburbs of Chicago mm-hmm. at Elgin Community uh, Theater, right? Right. Um, which I think is doing a production of Shrek, and I think a friend of mine, his da- her daughter, is playing a young uh, Fiona. So it, Good you gonna watch for that production. Uh, it's on so, uh, west side of Chicago. Uh, all, your, all your
0: listeners in, in Elgin should pay attention. Uh, we're going to send out a special Shrek. word to our friends <laughs> in musical. Elgin. Uh, so... So you had those experiences with community theater and yeah. high school theater, and then um, more more specifically in in your professional career, because you made a big leap coming from right. uh, suburbs of Chicago to New York, so. with a you know wing and a prayer. And yeah. and uh, at what point did you think you know okay, I didn't mess up by making that choice? Right.
1: So so I. Uh, is- so you have some people who give you some good advice and or, or some bad advice. Who knows uh, how you feel about it. But you come to New York and you make a go of it. And um, gosh, I, I think, you know, I, I don't think I really felt like I had... Um, made the right decision probably until uh, the early two thousands. I, mm-hmm. I was and I had done ch- some children's theater and I had worked at the Jekyll and Hyde Club and I had done a little bit of improv and I had done, you know, some regional productions of stuff. So you made some money. Uh, yeah, but, I, I made some money yeah. here and there and and did okay. But um, I think I had a great agent, a couple of great agents actually. Um, when I first started in voiceover, mm-hmm. weirdly enough, um, I had started this studio. Uh, my business partner was represented, uh, and I wasn't, and okay. he, he had, he had actually already done a MTV series. He had, uh, his name is Julian, uh, Raboletto, and he was the dad, uh, he was Jake Morgendorfer on Daria. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so he yeah. he had had a career, and basically, he he uh, he was basically he wanted to have a business and start a business, and so that's how we started this studio. Ultimately, okay. Um, I didn't have a uh, a career that was at that level mm-hmm. yet, and um, so he had an agent, and uh, and I was trying to get started in uh, the non union sort of like you know voiceover world and <clears throat> doing little things here and there, Japanese anime back and forth, these little things, and I had this agent <clears throat> who. Basically, liked me so much, th- and was kind of a fan. Uh, that's um, great. You know, uh, you need this. Uh, I mean, who was who was this by the way? Uh, this her, her name was Brooke Barnett. Okay, and I think she's an agent out in L.A. now. Okay, um, she and 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 Michelle B and Cooley were were my agents uh, uh, early on.
0: Wait, wait, and, where were they? Because I, I know them be- because of. Uh, their work at innovative, right?
1: Yes. So, so, so they they were at Arcierian Associates, okay, uh,
0: where I ended up uh,
1: initially, and they kind of basically said, "We're gonna we're gonna work with this guy. Uh, we like him." And he works a lot in the in the sort of non union world, and he's kind of like you know he's doing stuff, and and uh, Brooke and Michelle would call me, and they would say, okay, so do you do a Billy Crystal? And I was like, I don't know, and they're like, well, you're <laughs> gonna call this phone number in about two hours, and you're gonna do your best Billy Crystal. Wow. And then I booked like I booked this I booked this job as Billy Crystal <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> on, on this uh, short lived uh, you know animated series Which on will, on will... E. Uh, it was called Star Valence. Okay. And I think it's available in iTunes. Oh, oh, like surveillance, but Starveillance. It's called Starveillance. I, I remember that. And it was and it was these. Uh, and I worked with some really talented people. I mean, man, there's some talented voice actors out there. Um, uh, and and they. Um they would do a. they would it was it was like a it was like a a talk show not a talk show it was like it was based on like rumors it was based on like you know uh uh you know the buzz about whatever celebrity you know and it was kind of topical but unfortunately because it's animated, it would happen six months after the actual topple oh, thing happened yeah, and so unfortunately yeah. it kind of like fell flat and it ended up not going anywhere but some incredibly talented people and it was such a smart show um and uh and so I did that mm-hmm. uh and and it, you know these agents believed in me and it's like that's what you need in this business is you need somebody i mean initially first off you need to believe in yourself you absolutely have got to have this idea oh my god i can do this i can really really do this and Obviously not be lying to yourself <laughs> too, <laughs> but also like just to have a belief, right? Uh, like right. A, a belief that extends to the fact that you're also training yourself. You're also learning what you can as often as you can. You're doing, and you're doing it mm-hmm. as often as you can do it. Sure, And, and so they became, and, and when, when they got on board and they started saying, Hey, can you do this voice? Can you try this? Can you do this? Um, all of a sudden, there was this epiphany. There was this moment when I, when I thought back when I was like five or six years old and I remembered like working for hours on like Goofy or like or on Mickey Mouse or on Kermit the Frog as yeah. a kid yeah. and like trying to get these voices down and trying to do these like, you know, these, these voices that I loved as a kid. Right. And... And being able to, like, you know, get really close or yeah. do or do them, you close know? Close enough, yeah. A- exactly. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, my God, I've been prepping this m- for this my entire life. Isn't it the best? And these people have seen that, and all of a sudden, now we've met and now I'm moving forward. And so my first stuff was, like, you know, animated, Im- you know, imitating other actors. Like, you know, uh, doing voices, doing accents, doing, doing those things that... I think a lot of act, voice actors in New York want to try and do, and right. I was lucky enough to kind of do right out of the gate. And so, uh, you know, I started
0: doing that kind of stuff uh, first, in a weird way. And, and that sort of got you, like, got you to cut your teeth and yeah. and got you some momentum, yeah. which is what you really also need. You know, and you need somebody who's maybe a champion for you,
1: yeah, and man, start
0: opening need- doors. And then you need some momentum, and then things can happen. Exactly. exactly. So, what was the timeline between when you finished at Amda? Uh, and you and you met with uh, Brooke and oh, gosh. or and,
1: and Michelle. It and was, Michelle, it was like two. Th- I mean, I, I finished at AMDA and I did children's theater, and I did improv, and I did the Jekyll and Hyde Club, and that was it for many many years. And then I went, <laughs> and then I left New York, and, uh-huh. I, and I went and did uh, regional theater down in Texas, um, down in Fort Worth, and then I decided, oh, I wanted to go to Juilliard. Oh, uh, I was I was like I was like uh, obviously I'm not as good an actor as I need to be and I want to go to Juilliard that's the place where you learn to be a really incredible actor right? yeah why, why
0: why Why? Fort Worth uh,
1: so, so, so my family lived in Fort Worth oh okay so, right. so so, my family lived in Fort Worth and I was had no money and, uh, and okay. I had run out of cash and I was like needed to move out of Manhattan very quickly and I and I was, so I was like okay I'm gonna go work with my family and do some regional theater in Fort Worth and so I did that Casa Manana Theater down in Fort Worth uh-huh. and, um, and then decided I wanted to go to Juilliard and I auditioned for Juilliard and they were like you're 28 why do you want to come to Juilliard? Yeah. um, I was like, well, I I feel, they're like, and you also have some professional credits because I had done a few, uh, a few, like, you know, like I had toured around the United States a little bit. I'd done some stuff and, and, uh, and they're like, why do you, you know, with professional credits, why do you want to come to Juilliard? And I was like, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't have a good answer for them. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm missing something. Maybe I need to learn something more about the craft. Maybe I, you know, like th- there's something that I I want to hone. I want to improve. I want to, you know, um, and so they they rejected me. Uh, <laughs> and and I and then I auditioned for Mount View Conservatory in London, uh, which was down the hall from Juilliard. <laughs> and a lot was of- it was it just like you left the Juilliard audition I and just like, knocked mm, on the door and wah, wah. and, <laughs> and then, yeah, it, literally, it was literally like that. Really, I, I walked down the hall and I was like. Uh, can I just stop in an audition? And they were like, Yeah, sure, why not? That's, that's crazy. And I and I auditioned, and I ended up in their summer program. Uh, and so I, I went to their summer. And so basically, living with my parents back in in Texas for like you know a year. Uh-huh. Um, I ended up going to a summer program in London, and then moving back to New York. And that was basically 2000. I moved back to New York uh, the week before 2000 flipped over from 1999. Wow. And I never looked back. And and. You know, what
0: was different? What was different uh, between the ter- first time you tried to come here? Yeah, I mean, obviously you were you were more wise and more experienced, and but 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 what um, <clears throat> what was it that said to you? Okay, go back to New York. And and even though you had left New York, you said like, okay, I'm I'm ready to come back because it was a summer program, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm was I'm guessing it was, must have been pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. Um. But you, but you decided, okay, I'm going back to New York and I'm going to make it stick. What yeah. what was it?
1: You know what it was? It was um, it's really easy. Uh, and and this this is this is uh, definitely something that that uh, we need to pay attention to as a young actor is that you know you you do a, you do a couple things here and there and and you feel like okay i'm i'm working now i'm 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 doing my thing and you do some and you do some free theater and you feel like oh i'm being artistically you know rewarded because mm-hmm. people are liking me what i'm doing and uh, liking what i'm doing and i'm i'm working and and then you realize oh but i'm not making any money i'm not i'm not actually surviving right, right and right. it's like and as much as this biz- as much as anything really should be about the passion of the thing mm-hmm. you have to survive i mean you know you, you get have
0: the to realistic you have uh, to pay uh, rent you, yeah. have to,
1: you have to you have to i mean you, Yes you can you can rough it as a young person and, yeah, and, yeah. and make no money for a while right you know uh, but but at a certain point you do have to realize okay, if I'm going to sustain myself for any this amount of time, I've got to find a way of making money in this business right right <clears throat> And it's not about selling out. it's just about reality. It's like you have to make money. and mm-hmm. so um, so um, my my business partner and I started this place and so the,
0: what, uh, what year did you start the 2001? 2001 so this is a little bit after you
1: this is this is um, August 1st of 2001 and that was uh, about, a year, bit, about a year about a year after i got back to new york
0: t- what was the process there that i mean how, did you know each other before
1: yeah we, we went to Amda together
0: oh okay so yeah, you knew him for a long time yeah
1: yeah no okay yeah. so and then uh, and we were like neighbors uh, you know we lived a block away from each other and and uh, and so yeah we, we just got back in touch and we started like hanging out riding our bikes around the around the park and and and, and, and... <laughs> sounds like you're 12 <laughs> i know right <laughs> we'd go on these play dates and it would be great yeah. um and and Hucking rocks and trains <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And we were, we, I was helping him move uh, into a new apartment, and he was like, he's like, listen, I worked on Daria for years, but that's not, you know, like, that's finished, and I don't want to work for anybody else. I've never worked for anybody else before, and we're smart guys. We can do something. And I was, and I had this apartment that had this, like, really great big closet. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know. I thought about making my closet into a recording studio one day, and, like, his eyes lit up. Wow. And he was just like, we should be studio owners. <laughs> That just like that, we can own a recording studio. We can train people to be actors and like uh, voice actors. And I was like, uh, yeah, no, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, uh, you know, that's like, fantastic. And like, and that was the that was that's what this became. That's what this is. So you start,
0: you literally started in the closet in the
1: closet of my apartment on in, in the 40s. Yeah, no, it, it was it was bizarre. It was bizarre. Like So how a- did
0: you how did you for when you first started, did you
1: have any idea about how to run a business? No idea. I still don't know how to run a
0: business. <laughs> does, <is> he <laughs> does he know no, how to run a no,
1: no, we just like what we do. I mean, like you know, it's it's funny. It's like gosh, uh, you know, uh, uh you know, we just we're guys who like enjoying ourselves and, and think we're pretty smart. So <laughs> we, we decided, okay, you know, we love voice acting. He's He's got a musical background, uh, more of a musical background than I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, uh, he, he went to uh, Manhattan School of Music for a while. Um, He's an operatic tenor. And it's like, you know, he, he, so he has a, a very a musical background as well as an acting background. And, and he just, he, we both connected on this level of like loving animation as a kid. And he had done some animation. And, and so we just wanted to have a place. And, and our pipe dream was one day to like work on some animation. Right. And, and, you know, and here we are like 14, gosh, 13, 14 years later. And our two biggest clients are like DreamWorks Animation and Nickelodeon. I mean, that's pretty good, <clears throat> you know. And that's... it's like, and that was like something. I mean, I, you know, I, I can't profess to any kind of you know business acumen of any kind. It's like ultimately, like we just did what we loved, and we kept doing it.
0: That's. I mean, it's. I mean, I I know this is a podcast, and I know it's tough <laughs> to articulate, but this is like state of the art, big big. Big uh, major amount of space, smack dab just off of Times Square, right. and you guys are you guys are thriving as a business. We're, we're
1: yeah, well I mean like weirdly enough, we're we're doing okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> we're right. making it work. I, it's 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 <laughs> awesome, but it's like it's it's almost unfathomable. So it, let's 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 start at the beginning. Who, who were your first clients?
1: Our first clients were. Uh, a mishmash. Uh, we uh, we initially uh, set off to train voice actors. Now, okay. now you gotta understand. My business partner had done uh, animation. Mm-hmm. Almost entirely, he had done some uh, commercials, but mostly in animation. And I, and I knew I could do voiceover. I had been imitating voices my entire life. But yeah, I, but it's like I wasn't a professional voice actor. And this is time.
0: prior to you like really getting he,
1: going with getting an agent, getting the business exactly. Like I'm, I'm like trying to get in the business. I'm making my own demo at the studio that I'm making demos for like uh, other people, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But 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 ultimately, I mean, like, and here's the thing: it's it's like obviously I'm making demos for myself as well as other people, but. I but we also knew we could make those demos. Yeah, I mean you we did have the confidence. What, we so. knew what they should sound like. We knew what they were supposed to. I mean like I spent, you know, my wife once said to me. She goes, "What do you credit your ability to be a voice actor?" And 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 the the reason you've been successful. And I was like, "I don't know. Just a lot of television as a kid." And, and the ability to imitate it, yeah, and like, and she goes, you know, some people go to college. <laughs> <laughs> was Isn't like, it is funny how that could go? And too? I'm like, and I'm like, you know what? But here's the thing, yeah, some people go to college, um, but I made it my field of study. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To, to study commercials and and animation and pop culture and television to the point. Of being able to imitate it, yeah, and that's the difference. And, and I think a lot of people see it as screwing off. As I think a lot of people see it as like, oh, well, look at you—you're just pretending, you know. Like it's—it's it's like you're just talking. And it's like, no, I studied my ass off, dude. Exactly. I spent, exactly. You know, thousands of hours. Yes. You know, from a very like early age, watching, yeah. and imitating, and watching again and imitating again and being, you know, and and honing, and it's like, and and I think you know. Uh, I think there's so many different, uh, you know, professions out there that you can that deserve so much more respect than they're given,
0: right? Sure, it's like, sure. But I
1: think acting is one of those that often you get a lot of people who are just
0: like, oh, well, look at you. Unless you're a celebrity, people are like, exactly. So what do you actually do? Yeah, what yeah. do you actually do? And it's like, yeah.
1: it's one of those things. What do it's you like, do to survive? Yeah, yeah. and it's <laughs> like, and and the the really funny thing is. I mean, obviously, this studio is 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 firing on all cylinders, and we are doing really well right now. But yeah, like, yeah. for years, we had this idea that this studio was going to be what we fell back on, right? Yeah, we yeah. had this idea that we were going to be, like, supporting our acting career with this studio. Right. And for, I would say, a large portion of the aughts, mm-hmm. <laughs> we were supporting the studio as actors, which is fascinating. We were making yeah. money as actors, supporting the recording studio because we believed in the recording studio, that it could go somewhere. Right, right. And so it became this sort of weird, like, my whole world went topsy-turvy because I was, like, making more money as an actor than I was as in my day, in my... My fallback Not job. just your
0: fallback. This is not just your fallback job. This is your company. You yeah, right.
1: know this is, <laughs> and, and it definitely no longer is a fallback job. I mean, it's a, it's a great, uh, you know, it, it's it's so, I'm so glad we saw it through and I'm so glad we were able to keep it going. We had the passion to kind of keep it going because it, it really became a second passion. It, it really became this sort of like unforeseen, you know, sort of. Uh, I don't want want to call it a second act I'm not that old I don't feel that old but it's like you know it's like this this thing that came out of nowhere that we just kind of like you know basically nurtured and loved and kind of brought up and and it's now it's this thing and it's and it's going and we've got this incredible staff and we've got these amazing clients and it's like we're
0: just you know I I couldn't be happier it's amazing I mean it really is I mean you know sometimes I don't know if you remember before you had kids yeah and you (laughs) knew people who were just a little bit older or even the same age or massively younger yeah and they had kids yeah I don't know about you, but when I met people like that, or I interacted people like that, I'm like, h- how did how how did that how, how does that it uh, what do you how <laughs> you I uh, I'm four, you know? It's like I, you're like I I've, like, I still feel four. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah I, but, I, but but <laughs> I I'm, I'm looking around. I'm like D- you. This is you. I mean, well, this is your your thing.
1: L- l- let me tell you something. It, it, uh, that perspective is uh, I-, I think I think ultimately people. Uh, need to understand something about aging and about life And uh, I, I, there was there was uh, an engineer that we had a fantastically talented engineer. Her name is Janine Gunther. She now works at a studio in Miami, um, but she was a very young sort of like intern engineer for us uh, early on. And I remember uh, around the time that she turned, I think, twenty five. I turned thirty five. And okay. she goes, and she goes, "What does that feel like?" Oh God! <laughs> I mean, right, like one of those classic like young person things. And I'm like, you know, fuck you. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, <laughs> I feel like you do, except it just aches a tiny bit more. But I mean, like, I feel like I graduated high school like yesterday. Yeah, I feel like I feel feel... like such
0: a kid. Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean.
1: And and maybe it's a maybe it's a hallmark of a generation. Maybe it's I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's like I feel like a kid. Yeah, I feel like a kid who's like you know. Uh, managed to like have this studio in New York, and so it's like you know, uh, like you snuck into the the, the
0: adults table, like yeah, from the exactly. kids like, tables. Oh my yeah. god! Like, yeah. what do we do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I hope they don't find out. <laughs> right, exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's like you know, I- I- in the end, uh, you know, uh, it just it 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 came up. It, it happened. It, it
0: you know, we kept going, and oh, I wait, think... so was so a wait, wait, wait look, okay. A lot of businesses start in a garage or in a closet sure, or sure. something like that. So. Where, how did it get, I mean, you can't just start in a closet and then be just off Times Square. No. So no. so take me a little bit of the progression okay. of how this got here. So we started in my apartment and we trained
1: actors and we made demos and that was it. And, um, and then, uh. The profit margin must have been pretty decent at that point. Then. Oh my God. It was amazing. We used to split the cash and go to McDonald's and just like, hang. <laughs>
0: We could buy everything on the dollar menu <laughs> right, exactly. in one shot. We used to
1: literally, make a demo and be like, "Here's yours. Here's mine. Let's go get some Big Macs." <laughs> and and now my business partner is a vegan. Uh, it's like, like a people lot change, me- of people, people change, man. People change, man. It's so funny. But it's uh, it, you know we started training actors, and then after a while we started we started to grow. And my business partner, you know, I, I gotta say, uh, not. Not enough can be said about in life choosing partners, mm. choosing 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 the people you decide to, to to partner with, to 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 build something, to dream with, to
0: absolutely. You know?
1: And it's like I have two great partners in my life. I have my wife, and mm-hmm. I have my business partner. And it's That's like beautiful, man. It is, it is incredible. And it's like, you know, uh, I, off this offhanded comment carrying a sofa down some stairs, we've built this thing. And it's like, you know. Along the way, I've had some ideas. He's had some ideas, but it, there, we've always had this passion behind it, of like just keeping going and 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 going forward and reinventing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we initially started uh, um, we initially started training actors and and making demos, and then we started uh, doing classes, and then we and then we realized okay, at a certain point, not every actor is going to keep going after they make a demo, so. We have a client base that eventually just like, you know, stops.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of, it's it's tough to have renewable business or, or repeat business, right. I'm guessing. Exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: So so then we were like, okay, so how are we going to, you know, how are we going to build a client base that keeps coming back to us? Well, can we get into production? We know nothing about production. What can we do? It's like, it's, so so we're like, well, how do we get to learn about production? So we start asking advice. I mean, it really just comes down to asking people who do know. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, anything in life can be done if you, like, find the people who have the knowledge and, like really teach yourself, mm-hmm. right? I, like, I th- yeah, r- I agree. Really start to, like, really open your mind to being like, okay, well, I can learn that. That's a person. I'm a person. We're both human beings. They have a brain. I have a brain. We can learn this. And more and often than not, people
0: kind of like the idea of someone coming to them and oh, asking them for info are on something.
1: so giving. Yeah. Especially when you, like, show them the respect of, like, you're... Obviously good at what you do. I would love to learn to be good at what you, what I want to do, which is what you want to do. Uh, let's can you teach me? yeah people are really open to that. Right. Um and and so and so ultimately you know we gradually grew and kept going and at times you know when when I was like down and like oh we should just stop you know Julian would be like no we're going to go forward we're going to make ourselves this and and then like he'd be like oh should we just stop and I'm like no I think we can pull through and wow, it's great. like it's it's one of those things and that's what I say that's why I say pick a good partner somebody who you can you can be the champion for when they're down, and they can be your champion when you're down. And it's like, and it's I don't know how you choose it. I don't know how I had the grace to like find these incredible people. I think, in they, my I think life, the, in a lot
0: of ways, they just find you, Gosh. or you find each other. And yeah,
1: it's like it, it's like nothing. You know, uh, not enough can be said about just people who support you. And and if you and if you're not surrounded by people who support you, find some other people. Yeah, you know, it's like, and and find people that you support too. I mean, mm. that's what it comes down to. Is that like, you know, if if you're a giving person and what you're giving isn't being given back, you know, find some people who, when you give to them, they give back. And, you know, it's like that's what it comes down to. I think and that's
0: solid life advice for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I think I think it's I think it's tough. I, I think there there are a lot of relationships out there where like, you know, one person gives, you know, eighty percent or ninety percent, the other person, you know, doesn't
0: do anything, and it's like it's tough. Yeah. It's tough recognizing that. I think. That's sometimes. true. I mean, well, that's how. Guys like Dr. Phil stay in business. <laughs> exactly, um, exactly. All right, so so you guys have have got this thriving business, but it hasn't stopped you from having your own acting career, right. so they're able to act in tandem. Um, from the start, we were actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the start,
1: we were, I mean, uh, you know, obviously Julian had a, had a little bit of a head start. He's a very talented guy, and he had the, that series under his belt, and he's a uh, really good uh, singer and dancer, a uh, uh, singer as well, and so he, um, he... Was still doing musical theater. He was still going out and like and like singing and 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 doing little things here and there. And so, um, and auditioning. And and he would bring me to some of those some of those auditions. And so, like you know, he was like, "Get back out there, you know, get back on the horse, go go out and audition some more, you know, what mm-hmm. the hell are you doing?" It's like so. When we didn't have a client, we'd go out and hit a couple of open calls. And then, um, so from the beginning, he and I have always been aware that we are both also actors. We're also passionate about still telling a story and still doing what we do and Mm -hmm. and and having that love and so um so so we've always been there for each other you know uh he would go away and do regional theater or go away for a weekend and 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 do for a while he was working with this company that did this fantastic thing it's called three waiters they would they would go to um and do these corporate events where, like, you know, he would sing. He was an operatic tenor, so he would like sing these, like, you know, incredible. It's like three tenors, but like three waiters, and so it was, okay, like, yeah. Everybody thought they were like waiter D's or waiters, uh, and then at, they break in, function, and break in a song, and they break in a song, and they do this incredible show. Oh, that's cool, and, you know. So he'd go away and like do these things for a weekend, and like I would just be manning the studio, huh. and then like you know I would go away and work on Smurfs for three months, and he'd be manning the studio, and right. it's like it became this thing where like you know we and and weirdly enough we were just able as much as we were able to be there for each other when when uh, times were difficult and one person was like kind of down but the other person was up. It's like we also happened to kind of be around when one person had a job and the other person didn't, you know. It's like so it it became a really cool thing. And we have amazing wives. I mean like that's uh, that's the other thing is that (laughs) like, you know, so many businesses, I think, I mean acting is your own business and this was very much our own business and it's like so many businesses go under because like people you know don't have a partner who's like willing to stick through the really tough part of the yeah. business yeah and i mean you know it's like yeah we, one's got to give we've uh, had, if, in those yeah, cases yeah we've had really supportive we've had really supportive home lives you know it's like which is a huge help i you know, mean that's yeah it, it, and and so and so you know that helped us as well uh, and 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 made both stronger the studio's stronger because our home lives helped support that and our home lives are stronger because you know gradually we've made been able to be successful in as actors and as as a recording studio. Well,
0: that's so. tremendous. So let's talk about a little bit of your successful stuff. You said the S word, so I'm gonna have oh, to gosh. I'm gonna have to talk about it. Okay, okay. Let's talk about the Smurfs. I'm gonna have some brie. Have some um. have some brie and and enjoy. <laughs> and I want to. I want. How did you get involved in the Smurfs project? Okay, the, the first Smurfs movie.
1: So we're talking. so uh, another agent who after Michelle and Brooke left Arcieri, uh, um, I, I had another agent there who he and I just hit it off. His name's Ed Lewis. Um, um, he's no longer an agent. He's a casting director now, um, and he again I've really lucked out. Uh, I've had these agents who became uh, uh, a fan, who, mm. who became a, a supporter, who became somebody who's like, "Hey, you gotta listen to this guy. He's great at this, you know. Mm. Like, uh, or or if you need that, he can do this, you know, that kind of a thing." And it's like, and I just lucked out. I mean, Ed Lewis was a casting director, then became an agent, and now he's a casting director again. But when he was an agent at RCR, he got me this uh, this audition Uh, it was an improv audition Mm -hmm. you go and you are pretending to be smurfs um and and because on the set you're going to play all the smurfs and they want to they want to have an animation actor who can do a lot of different voices but who isn't afraid to improv with uh like neil patrick harris and hank azaria
0: And, and that's the gig
1: and that's the gig yeah and so I went to an
0: audition, and I auditioned, and I was like, I was so nervous. Oh <laughs> well, it's geez. a pretty it's a pretty big so thing to t- walk into a room knowing that that's what the ultimate job will end up being. I mean, it, oh, my God. A lot of times when we go to auditions, it's like, yeah, you're going to read two lines in this one scene. You're not even sure who you're going to be in the scene with. Uh, so the, the the stakes tend to be a little bit lower. Right,
1: right, right, right.
0: This probably sounds, I mean, that sounds like it's about as high as you can get.
1: And, and it wasn't even, I mean, I, I will say after the fact
0: it wasn't that intimidating
1: uh, being opposite because they're incredibly cool and amazingly giving performers and so supportive of everybody on that's the set. A, that's awesome. Um, but, like, the most intimidating part was uh, when they made me improvise with myself. Oh. They, they would basically set up a scenario... The, the director, Raja Gosnell, who's an awesome guy, uh, such a good director, and really a smart, smart director, um, directed Smurfs and Smurfs 2, and he... Uh, God, he. So, so, so I went to a couple of auditions. He was there for the second one, um, and on the first day on the set, he had me. Uh, he had me improvising an a scene that wasn't written. It was just a camera pan past a um, a, a window. And he's like, okay, so Grouchy and Brainy, and uh, you know, I can't remember the other two Smurfs that were there. They're all on the, uh, they're all on the, on on the windowsill, and they are worried about Papa. And so, there's no dialogue for this, so just come up with something. Okay, action. So, and just, like, and just
0: to clarify, because because I'm I'm sure if nobody actually like knows this process, they they animated Smurfs after the fact. Yeah, but you have people who are real people in real sets. Mm-hmm. Interacting with the Smurfs. Right. So, your purpose on the set was... To to interact with the actors who are interacting with Smurfs. So, anytime
1: Hank Azaria or Neil Patrick Harris is interacting with a Smurf, they're not interacting with George Lopez. They're not interacting with, um, you know... uh Alan Cumming,
0: all all of the other people who played Smurfs in the movie, right? They had they had some pretty big names playing the the, exactly. the voices of the those Smurfs. People, yeah.
1: those people come and they record in like an hour uh, a session, and they go <laughs> home and and they basically are recording the already filmed movie on the set. I'm the Smurfs,
0: so you and were so on set for I was on, I was
1: on the set for I was on the set I was on the set more than any other actor. The how how long
0: was How long were you Three involved? Three months. You were involved. Three months, wow.
1: and, uh, for for both, and basically on the set every day.
0: Amazing. Um, yeah. And
1: and even on days when the you know the 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 on camera talent wasn't there, I was there doing clean plates. Which the clean plates are basically you know shooting an empty frame. Um, <laughs> That eventually will have Smurfs in it, right? And... Like you
0: said, with this pan that that you improvised yeah. dialogue for,
1: right? And it's like, and basically pan past that
0: and come so, up with something, and so they're shooting, as they're shooting an empty room essentially, yeah. And you're the only thing that's giving it life, so that they know what to work with, right? Amazing. I mean, that's... And very quickly, I understood my job to be, um,
1: well, initially, <laughs> I had never been on a set before, and. Uh, the the assistant director uh, had to call me to set, uh, I guess, more than once uh, because I was I was I was sitting like ready to go, but like I was far enough away that I couldn't hear her. Oh, okay, so, like, yeah, I was, like, yeah, yeah, I got on her bad side immediately. <laughs> then we became fast friends. But um, uh, so uh, you know, ultimately, uh, I had to um. I lost my train of thought. Uh, I, I basically had to had to come up with things for these empty camera passes over and over and over that's again. It's amazing. Uh, and sometimes there'd be dialogue. Sometimes there'd be you know uh, ultimately you know words written, but right. you know I'm, ultimately I ultimately I sometimes would have to just come up with something. And uh, oh, I realized my job was to entertain the crew. It, and, and, and invariably, uh, I think that's the one of the best jobs you have on a set. And and what I will say to every actor, uh, uh, when you get on a set. Hang out with the crew. Yeah. They are tremendous people. Yeah. (laughs) And they work their asses off. Yeah. And they are so good at what they do. And you, uh, what what was great about the Smurfs and, and what was... Tremendous of that, that whole experience was that I was a member
0: of the crew. I, I was ultimately a member of, of of the crew. Yeah, you sort um, of like. I'm guessing you kind of straddled the line between being cast and crew because right you were there to perform, but uh, you weren't in makeup, you weren't in no, wardrobe, exactly. you were you were hanging out on the side, and um and you weren't standing in the frame, right. So you were off to the side where the crew is. Exactly.
1: And, 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 yeah. and, and at a certain point, it became, it became apparent to me that, you know, everything else I had done, Law and Order, um, you know, like every other, like, you know, five, under five acting gig that I'd had. Right. It's like you go to makeup, you go to hair, and then they usher you to the set, you do your line, and then you're ushered off the set. And you go home. And you go home, yeah, <laughs> or you go back to your dressing room. And and when they need you, they call you to the set. But then when they don't need you, you take they take you right back to your dressing room. Right, you, you, you were there, and you don't you don't get to interact with anybody. You yeah. don't get to become friends with everybody. Anybody, and it's like, um, when I was there on the set and I was part of the crew, I was such a much more whole experience. And that's what I that I cannot stress that enough. Uh, being part of the whole experience is absolutely essential Yeah, knowing what it's like to you know because they're like doing so many technical things trying to get the shot trying to light the shot trying to you know set up the frame trying to you know I mean uh, decorate the set everything Yeah, is it's such a technical world mm-hmm. and um, everybody there is working like crazy and I felt like I like anytime now that I'm like brought to the set and then basically do my lines and leave I feel like I'm missing everything yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm missing absolutely everything because um, uh, movies don't happen without the crew. They no, no.
0: They just don't happen. They, they work so much harder than than any actor. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's not even funny. Yeah. I mean, it's not and, even and, close. I mean, I,
1: and, and everybody has their place, but I feel like in some respects, the talent, the quote-unquote talent, I'm using air quotes for yes. people who can't see us. Um,
0: <laughs> it's the, great visual. The,
1: the, the, the talent... Gosh, it's like I just feel like there's such a uh,
0: an us and them sort of world that's been sort of created. Or, 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 or I'm I'm willing to put that on actors. Years. I'm I, willing. I'm totally willing to put that on actors because I don't think the crew would do that. No, if the actors treated them with the respect that they're and, they're due as and man, professionals. There are
1: some actors that crews love. Like apparently, um, uh, who's Wolverine? Uh, 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 Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Apparently, Hugh Jackman is a crew favorite they love I believe that the Hugh Jackman yeah. because he's just like he like because he really hangs out with the crew like and he, he gets it he eats with them like yeah. you know yeah. that's a, that's a big thing I will say like you know that's a big thing it's like you know you have this huge tent and this huge like lunch break and everybody goes and everybody's there but a lot of times like you know and they may have other projects and they may have things that they're doing and you know whatever but it's like a lot of actors don't eat with the crew yeah and it's like yeah. and, and you go gosh why wouldn't you like they're the most fun people to be around yeah it's
0: like, and some know. some some don't don't like eat with the other actors right yeah i don't know where they go right but i mean it's uh, this whole podcast yeah. was based on the idea of the the conversations that we have well when you're eating at, at a at a at a gig I, I think i think you reach a certain
1: level and i think that you're separate you're separated yeah. a little bit. And I yeah. think it's uh, to the detriment almost of the actor themselves as well as, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you're separated, I guess, sometimes because you're on calls with your agent or you've got another project or you're working on your Yeah, I'm sure there's obviously, possibilities. Th- 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 I mean, th- the amount of preparation that goes on prepping for a scene is immense. Right. So, and sometimes you, that has to be alone time. So, I mean, you need that time, obviously. True. But, at a certain point like you know i think i think sometimes you're just considered separate and so like you know you're brought to do your thing and all the focus and and it's and it's tremendous when it happens all the focus is on you all the everybody's looking at you the lights are on you the camera's <laughs> pointed at you and it's incredible it's this rush but you know like it's such such a short moment
0: yeah it's yeah. such a short it part. It goes fast. We
1: talk about the waiting, right? It's like I yeah. mean, you spend an entire day, and that's like literally
0: second. Oh, you're you're what you can minutes. consider the the work that you're getting paid to do. I mean, we all know that we get paid for the times we're not working. Right. Like when we actually get a job, that's we do that for free, if, right? You know, th- they pay us to not work exactly, and yeah. and that's
1: not nothing. I mean, like you know, spending your day going out and hustling for work, yeah, yeah, and hitting the street and hitting the pavement and going out and going to. You know, TV auditions or film auditions or you know, commercial auditions or whatever. That's not nothing, and it, and it's and for, and you know, it's funny. I think a lot of people because a paradigm of looking for a job. Most people don't get paid to look for a job.
0: Right, right,
1: and most people don't look for a job nearly as often as we do. Right, yeah, and it's like, and we don't technically get paid if we're looking for a job, but we get paid to to craft what we do and yeah. to and, and to and to you know ultimately you know take all of that experience and put it in those few minutes or those few seconds. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so in some respects we're paid to to take everything that is us and it is is what we are and 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 Put it into that, into those few minutes, and and encapsulate it, and just like you know, you know, what is it, distill it down, right? Yes, yes. Um, and and so I think you know a lot of people because the paradigm is you know you go to school and you go and you get your job and then you you're just working your job and you get paid for the hour you know that you're the hours that you're working you work yes. forty hours a week and you know I think that there's obviously going to be a lot of comparison of well, I work forty hours a week, and you just did this for you know twenty minutes, and you know but, yeah. yeah. But, but it's you like, can't look at it that. But I'm way. not yeah. doing it for twenty minutes. I'm preparing. I'm reading yeah. this, and it's- I'm and I'm you know it's like I'm I'm memorizing it, and then I'm you know deciding how I'm going to say it, or deciding what from my life experience is going to make me you know like is going to bring me to this moment. And it's like yeah. And I think that you know I think that you know a lot of people see it as as playing pretend.
0: and i understand i understand it but there's that there's a there's an old story about picasso that i love uh where he's sitting at a cafe and wherever uh in france i suppose and someone comes up and goes will you draw me a picture he goes sure Scribbles something on a a napkin hands it to them and well before he hands it to him he says that'll be one million dollars and they say one million dollars you just sat there and scribbled it on the, (laughs) the 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 napkin and he says well you know you're not paying for this. You're paying for everything that I've done that led up to this little picture on this napkin, right? And that's really what it is. You know, in the arts, it's it's hard to it's it's hard really to to qualify or quantify the the value of what we do, right? In practical terms, because it's not practical. But we no, work. Exactly. You know, we, we we put in work every day. Yeah, no, of course. Um, and and I don't I don't ever want to tell anybody that I, the work we do is strenuous or hard no, compared yeah, to so no. many oh careers my god. oh my god but we're geez. not not working you know like, we're
1: we're not picking coffee like for like 12 <laughs> exactly. to 15 hours exactly like you know in the hot sun no seriously uh i think i think it's funny i mean i you know uh, people are can be very judgmental about a lot of things but i think it's so funny like when people judge like you know a- actors as these like you know elites or whatever and, and but then they but but then like they don't put the same paradigm necessarily on somebody who's like you know a ceo of whatever company and they're right. making like gobs of money yeah. for you know like sitting in an office but of course their experience brought them to that point yeah, yeah. and their everything that they brought with them gets to that point and are they like you know you know, slogging away for hours at a time, right. like you know, hunched over a thing. No, they're right. not either.
0: Yes, but you know, <laughs> and that and that's. I mean, that's. I guess that's what the free market is. <laughs> right, so, exactly. so just to, to finish the conversation about yeah. Smurfs, um, yeah. when somebody sees either Smur, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny, I mean. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus! My mind goes
1: around in so many different circles. I, I'm with you, though, I man. I apologize. I'm, no,
0: I'm I'm riding the wave with you, man. I'm, I haven't lost you haven't lost me. Free market economy. So back to Smurfs yeah. um. and canoes. Um, I don't know. So, 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 so Smurfs. Uh, it, when somebody sees either Smurf movie, uh, do you have any man? Is is your performance at all captured in those films?
1: Okay, so uh, here's a uh, piece of advice as an actor. <laughs> you, you, you have got to um, really sell yourself and believe in yourself. And and if there's anything that uh, I have to work on more is the ability to sell myself a little bit more. Yeah, I know that. Really. Uh, you know, it, it's... I had such a rewarding experience and I loved every minute of it. And 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 so much of my life is really about me experiencing things and going, "Oh, what a treasure. How lucky am I am I to be yeah, this person, yeah. right?" Um uh so there's a Smurf 3 uh, about to come out. Oh, okay. I'm not about to come out. I, I think it's being made right now. Okay. Um uh it's fully animated. Um but because I'm not a name and I'm not anybody and I don't know anybody who's making that production, uh, I probably am not gonna be a part of it oh and wow. and it's and it comes down to um you know i, I think I, what what it comes down to is 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 kind of uh tooting your own horn a little bit and Maybe, and, yeah. and you know it's like uh I had such an incredible experience and i and I absolutely treasured every moment of it, and I worked with some incredibly talented people and had some really amazing allies. Uh, working on the Smurfs One and Smurfs 2. Um I'm I'm in a brief portion of Smurfs One as just a guy on the street. Oh okay so you uh, you uh, They basically wrote a wrote a part for me. They really enjoyed what I did. So that's they were awesome. Like, oh I'm just gonna we're just gonna throw you this character that we came up with on the street. That and does so that I, does show how they felt about yeah, you. Yeah it was I amazing and uh and interact interact with Gargamel. In the second movie there was no like on-camera part but mm-hmm. I, got a, I got a couple of like small just small like announcery sort of like I, I play a French announcer at one point cool I, yeah you know, most of my lines in the second movie are actually French which is weird um, well, did, you, you did spend time in Montreal right <laughs> I did spend time yeah. in Montreal and I was a French student in high school I, oh. I don't speak a word of it and, but my accent is very um, good and, <laughs> right
0: exactly um, <laughs> je suis une bibliothèque <laughs> exactly je, je, un chien dans ma salade de right exactly <laughs> (laughs) If you speak French, you're laughing now. (laughs) It's a fantastic... Uh, god uh, uh,
1: uh, what's his name uh, Eddie Izzard oh Eddie Izzard uh, oh my his god, stuff about his that his French oh, stand La up. oh my god it's so good
0: oh, he god. is a well I don't want to get on to like we're not, we're not here just to, like talk about how much we enjoy the work of other people but Eddie Izzard's a genius <laughs> and if you haven't seen his stand up special Dress French, to Kill
1: and 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 the specifically the area the, the, the part in French even if you don't understand French you know it's fantastic yeah marries. yeah he's,
0: it's just a brilliant performance oh, God, so, uh, so go see that on our recommendation please okay so smurfs smurfs <laughs> 3 uh it's it's not it's Who knows? we don't know so I, it's I know. it's to be determined it's to be but, determined but we'll you are still working on very cool things
1: i'm still working on very cool things i i just uh did an episode of uh a fox animated program i don't know how much i can talk about it about. i don't know you I, tell I, me i i, I i'm I'm gonna be on an episode of The Family Guy. I'm gonna say that. Yeah, why not? I mean, and I'm not gonna tell you who I'm gonna be. No. And I'm no. gonna say when it's coming out. Um, the, but, the future. But, <laughs> right. But in the future. But uh, but yeah, I, after they know, make time travel. Uh, I, here's what I'll say uh, about it: is um, there is a fan. I have a fantastic agent in LA who, once again, has uh, carried that torch of like just being someone who believes in me mm. and is so cool. And his fan, his name is Ference Lasco and he's an uh, independent artists in LA and gosh, uh, I couldn't be luckier. And, um, and he's really pushed for me. And so I'm going to, I recorded it a few uh, weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago or so. And uh, and it's gonna air, I think, in a year. I in a think. year, yeah. <laughs> they, they that's animation it. for and you. It's yeah. animation, yeah, exactly. And so, um, so yeah, so the, the, that'll be that'll be coming down the pike. But I have worked. Uh, he also ha- he also got me uh, gigs on uh, Robot Chicken. Uh, I've done Robot Chicken. Okay, and those are already out, so I can talk about that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, now you
0: do. I'm, I'm guessing you do celebrity voices.
1: I, I did. I, well, actually, you know, what I got ca- what I got cast in originally for Robot Chicken was playing Yakko and Wacko. Uh, oh, cool. Uh, Warner and I I, I don't even know if that's come out yet, but they they basically did a did a a, a send up of the um the Animaniacs song and it was and they wanted people to audition for Yakko and Wacko and Uh I basically sent them a recording of me singing the original song as Yakko and Wacko and I mixed the whole thing myself. Oh, nice! I recorded. Excuse me. I apologize. I just burped and I just hit the microphone. This is terrible. (laughs) It's (laughs) It's your studio. You can wreck wreck the place if you want. Oh my god! Um, But uh, you know, so I basically. I recorded it, and I I I knew I could do it, and I basically decided, okay, I'm gonna send them the whole song, me doing everything, and I did that, and so um, I I can't stress this enough, like when once you once you believe you can do something, give it your all, like do everything, do absolutely, like, and if you think it's gonna be too much. Go for it. What yeah. the hell? You yeah. know, I mean, nobody can fault you for like giving you giving everything you 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 have to something. No, no, right? absolutely and not. And so and so um so I did and I booked it immediately. Like they were just like, "Okay, he's the guy. He's going to play nice. both characters. He's not going to play one character. He's going to play both characters." And so right. like they brought me out and I met Seth Green and he's amazing, super cool guy. Um and uh and did that. And so that would that was sort of the first thing, the first sort of uh, you know, big thing after the Smurfs that I that I did with uh, out in LA and and now the family guy is kind of the next big
0: thing and i'm super excited about and, it and and to be able to do this stuff you're you're you are now what they call bicoastal in the business right. you have a presence uh here in new york and you have a presence out in la yeah. that's a that's a unique position it's, uh, and it, it's kind of unique to our business it is uh because um, you can only be in one so, place so, at once
1: so many people say you can't do it um i am gonna do my hardest to to keep proving people wrong um i ended up not at RCRE uh, and associates anymore um you you had here to change in new York, I, I ended up changing agencies because um you know i ended up uh like uh, getting an agent in l a and mm-hmm. and it just didn't work and and he was uh, you know it was such a supportive place for me and and when it was time to move on, it was just because you know it was time to move on and but it uh but it basically you know the, it ushered in this new sort of like uh area in my life and and you know, uh, anytime somebody tells you it's like it's not realistic to think that that can happen, you know, and you believe otherwise, you know, I mean, obviously, you don't wanna. Fool yourself ever, right? But there, there is a lot to be said for believing that you can do something that when
0: other people tell you you can't. Yeah, I think it does inspire. I mean, if you're if you have the right, uh, you know, if it's in your DNA, I think you're gonna. Uh, react to that sort of thing yeah. with a little bit more energy than if they just left alone.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. I mean, like, you know, obviously everybody's got to be somewhat realistic in in life. Sure, right? sure. Uh, I mean, I would love to ha- own a hoverboard, but right, it's just right. not going to happen. And, <laughs> well, we still haven't hit that magic date. No, it's that, true. It's uh, true. It's true. But uh, but you know the future. But for me, in in the end, it's like you know. Obviously, you want to be realistic, but there is a lot to be said for belief in yourself and belief in what you can do, and just and just going. You know what? We can do it. I can do it. Um, and and I'm gonna keep going until I do. Mm. And. You know, I mean, here I am still going and uh, on both coasts, on both coasts. Yeah. And, and it's and I'm going to keep going as long as I can. And, you know, uh, I, I, it, there's there's a couple of great things that I've read. One was uh, Steve Martin's Born Standing Up, which is an outstanding book. Uh-huh. And that that's a testament to um watching what you do and improving upon it all the time mm. and just keeping going right yeah. uh, it, it, I mean it, it's, it's a big theme in that book I don't know if you've read it it's
0: such a good book no no but I, I, just, his career is a pretty good testament just, to that idea just
1: keep doing what you love and and improving anytime you can like anytime sure. you can learn something new do it I'm reading a book right now called Tune In and it's about the Beatles and um and it's it's astounding how often the book talks about what crap they are, <laughs> right? as as a group. Yeah, the, how the, often uh, that's a theme in the book, like how awful they are <laughs> like earlier, earlier, early on okay I mean, like we're talking about when they're like like, Early teenagers, and they're just the Quarrymen okay, and like yeah, the Beatles, right. and they're just getting started. Like and like Pete how best years, it, and, right? And and, and and how often they like look at themselves and go, "We were awful, yeah, right." Yeah. But it's like, but they were just like, but they were like, we knew we could be amazing,
0: yeah, yeah. You
1: know, it's and this idea that like you know, and they weren't necessarily lying to themselves at the time. Were they amazing? Not yet, but they were like, we're gonna keep. They were honing,
0: consciously aware that they had something, yeah. And, and
1: until we get there, because we're just determined, and and they just kept going. And it's like, and and the amount of hours that they played. I mean, like listening, uh, reading this book and listening to this book. because so I'm also doing the audio book. Uh-huh. Um, just the amount of hours that they played, like just uh, nonstop as a band, huh. like performing and just learning something new and and doing it again and then learning something new again and doing it again. It, that is kind of life, yeah, uh, but it's also yeah, I, I, business.
0: I, I do agree that I think that, that at this stage, because we're of similar age, you know, you get to that certain point, you start to understand that whole idea of the 10,000 hours. Yeah. You do anything for oh 10,000 hours and, and you're going to be good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, but it might take you 10,000 hours to really be qualified enough to say, I'm decent at what I do. Absolutely. I mean, like anybody can have an affinity for something out of the gate, mm-hmm.
1: right? But, and, and going back to being a parent, <laughs> this is a thing like that that I'm realizing is that like this idea of like convincing somebody, hey, you may have you may have the ability to 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 you know, make somebody impressed about, you know, the drawing that you just made or, or make somebody impressed at how you sang or how you played the piano like just sitting down for the first time or or with a couple of lessons, but you've got to be able to back that up and 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 when it gets hard, when it starts to get difficult. Yeah is is when it starts to show how much you really love something. Right. And, ha- and how much you're willing to put into it. Yeah. And and there's a lot about this business that gets hard pretty darn fast. When you come to New York, it's like you, you come to New York and it's like you have a lot of, like, gung-ho and you're, like, ready to go and you're ready to, like, you know, go out there and, and kill them and just be amazing. Yep. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of moments where you're realizing, oh, I don't have any money. I can't live. I yeah. don't
0: have, you know, it's like... Even, well, even, even at times I when it do. gets good, it's like the start and stop sometimes can be brutal. Oh, yeah, I mean, I was just having a
1: conversation with somebody about this today. It's like, you know, it, I had a couple of days this week that were slow, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm never going to work again." A couple of days, <laughs> couple
0: of days. You know, it's like you, but amateur.
1: Seriously, I mean, it's like you have these moments where, like, I mean, I sat up in bed the other night and just went, "I have no marketable skills." <laughs>
0: We've all been there, man. We've all been there yesterday. Come on! I
1: like. I sat up, and I don't know what spurred it on. I was just like, and and you have these panic attacks. You know what? But you you can't let the panic attacks, you know, you
0: know, scare you. Yeah, you kind of just let it have to. You have to get past them quickly and get then move on. Get used to fear. Get yeah. Man,
1: get used to fear in life. At a certain point, <laughs> you just get, it, it's almost like skinning your knee as a kid. It's just going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen all over and over and over again. <laughs> But you know your knee's <laughs> gonna still survive, and you're gonna
0: you know get through it. But it's like, yeah, no, you get used
1: to fear. Jeez.
0: Uh, <laughs> so we're we're getting to the end of of our second uh, <laughs> <Jeez>. session together <laughs> here. Uh, it's 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 awesome, and and there's so many things in, we could in talk the about. Comments still, section,
1: most meandering podcast ever. No, not even. I
0: don't think it's. I don't think it's anywhere near what you think it is. Because I think there's a nice through line here, okay. and, and that 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 you have forged this sort of forked career that, that, that works so well hand in hand, and you've, you've learned on both ends and, and improved and, and uh, learned and, 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 and thrived by just continuing to do what you do. I mean, you have to look around at what you have here at Hyperbolic and and know that that, that what you have here is a pretty impressive business. Thank you. And for Thanks. most people, that would be enough. But you also have this other career where you're you're flying out to L.A. and doing Family Guy and doing Smurfs movies and 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 Robot Chicken, and for many people that would be not just enough, but that would be like a dream. Yeah. But to be able to do both and then have a have a successful home life is is pretty amazing. It's yeah. So as much as you think that it may be meandering, it it definitely makes sense to me. You, you know, uh, I, I
1: yeah, it's um. It's awesome, and, <laughs> uh, and 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 I I don't say that uh, I, I say that in the most thankful way possible, um, you know uh, I I think there's this awes- there's this sense and I don't know if uh, this is something that you feel as well. It's like, um, whenever you have a success in life, it's like uh, this idea that like oh my god I'm so lucky yeah uh, so fortunate mm-hmm. and so like uh, like just in awe. Of the the opportunities, the belief, the uh, but also I think that there there ha- it has to be understood that there is uh, a measure of um, re- realizing that thankfulness and and how lucky you are, and taking and, and taking advantage of it is that the word it's like um, uh, realizing it and saying and saying thank you, and how do we go forward? Right. Like, uh, because I think a lot of times uh, you can get caught up in, 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 um, man, just, uh, there's, there's some crappy things that happen in life and, and it's not all enjoyable. Right. Right. It's not all fun. It's, uh, I mean, along the way there were, you know, some bad times and some bad people and some just you know not great things that happen um and and uh, i think that some people have more of those than others and i think that some people have have uh some more difficult things to go through than others um but at a certain point if you if you can you know look up in the sky and just go man i i'm happy to be here i'm <laughs> thankful to be here um and Whatever comes next, I, I hope to be thankful for it, too, you know? Uh, I think that's it. I think that that's,
0: that's ultimately it. Great way to be. Uh, as we wrap up, uh, where where do people get in touch with you?
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> if, if, I, did, I have all the questions to stump you. Uh, <laughs> if you want to be tremendously disappointed, you can join my Twitter feed at at Sean Cannon, <laughs> at, at Sean Cannon. At, at Sean Cannon. I have a Twitter. Uh, I have... I think uh, twelve followers, and um... <laughs> not after today, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Things are gonna explode. And it's uh, all starting. And, and I think I post once a year. That's or... a good. That's a good rate. Okay, um, but uh, you know you can contact me here at the studio. Um, uh, where, to, where where hy- where oh. hi- uh, Hyperbolicaudio.com. Uh, I have a website, a terrible website called <laughs> SeanCannon.com, um, but uh, hyperbolicaudio.com is the studio. We also just uh, did, our, did our first uh, webisode that, uh, that we wrote. Oh my God, I can't believe I haven't said a thing about that uh, yet, but it's, uh, it's a uh, web series called Shut Up and Talk. It was the name of our original studio, and it's uh, just funny. It's a funny little thing with puppets uh, about the business
0: of voice acting. So and, it, it, uh, and just just to just to give a little more uh, shine to that, mm-hmm, uh, where did that come from? Like, man, what was the process for making it, your own? Uh... I,
1: I I love puppets. <laughs> uh, who doesn't? Um, and the, this idea came into my head about this. I, I'm I'm constantly finding parallels about being an actor and you know other things. And so um, one of the parallels that I found was like, God, what would a what would a puppet do? if they really existed in the world and they didn't get a job in a children's theater or become a Muppet. <laughs> and it's like, it's almost like if you don't become a celebrity or, or, or and and can't do something else, like how do you work as an actor? And it's like, and and what I found was voiceover. And it was this idea of like, oh, it's this faceless thing where you can go and you can kind of be anybody. And if you can, you know, you can do accents, you can do those, you can make your voice lower, or make your voice higher. It's like, you can kind of really kind of reinvent yourself in this mm-hmm. amazing way. Yeah. And uh, and so I was like puppets, if they couldn't work as actors, well, nobody would trust them as lawyers, uh, you know, like nobody would buy real estate from a puppet. Uh, so they'd have to find a job that was faceless. And so like voiceover became the thing. And so the idea is that we live in a world where puppets exist and they are voice actors and they do everything. They do all commercials. They do like, you know, if you're a monster puppet, you do movie trailers if you're you know it's like if you're a sock puppet you do accents i don't know like it's just one of those things where like you know this idea came along of like you know puppets do voiceover that's great man and so um it's it follows the life of uh this puppet who owns a recording studio and it's the puppet version of me and it sounds like a lot of parallels there. right exactly <laughs> and uh and and uh the weirdness of the business and of of, of voice acting in general but also with puppets that's so it's awesome fun. man it's and, and it
0: is shut up and talk and it's, uh, it's
1: a shut up and talk so, it's a web series and it's uh, it's online. Uh, it's we upload it on YouTube. If you follow our Facebook page at hyper uh, uh, hyperbolic audio Facebook page um, uh, we've posted it there uh, so you can check that check it out there but it's on YouTube uh, shut up and talk. I, I think it'll come up <laughs> somewhere <laughs> I, yeah, it'll be somewhere I'm an excellent uh, person with publicity and so I know uh, a lot about getting these things out there I have no idea well said <laughs> hey man
0: thanks for doing this thank you and for, thanks for God, hosting thank, Jeez.
1: I can't even thank you enough uh, I'm a huge fan of you and like uh, a really no 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 no, no. Uh, I mean uh, we did a reading uh, just to give people a tiny backstory. Uh, we yeah, did a yeah, reading yeah, yeah. a while ago and just uh, found you so funny and so uh, great to talk to and uh, again, like just this this very thing that you're doing in this podcast, just sitting and shooting the crap uh, about like you know life and acting, and we've done that at so many auditions, and so that's what brought me to listen to your podcast. A, but oh. B, want to do this with you, and so thank you. I've well, been I'm you've so
0: honored to. You've be been a, part a, of this. a great supporter right from the get go, so, so. I, I thank you and and thanks for opening up the doors because. This is awesome, man. Yeah, thanks. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, who knows? Maybe we can do some more. Hey, yeah. Uh, make sure you bring a, a wine and cheese plate <laughs> <laughs> right, <exactly.
1: laughs>
0: Now let's have some breathing. There he is, Sean Kennan, part two of our two-part interview in the books. Thanks for being here, Sean. Really appreciate it. Make sure you go check out Sean online at com. That's S-E-A-N-K-E-N-I-N dot com. And uh, interestingly enough, in between part one of our interview and part two, Sean unveiled a brand new version of his website. So go check that out. Let him know how he's doing. I think it looks great. You can also find Sean on Twitter at Sean Cannon. And of course, everything you need to know about Hyperbolic Audio is at hyperbolicaudio.com. Oh, and check out on YouTube their video, Uh, Shut Up and Talk. That about does it for another edition of Bring Your Own Lunch. Thanks for joining us. Also, thanks to Banuba for providing the music for the show, Banuba.net for dates and downloads. Uh, NYSFSO, the New York Short Film Shootout. Go find out where we will be on uh, Monday, August 25th. Actually, we'll be at this theater, thistheater.com. Also, thanks to them. Daggy! Of course, you can always find us online at com for all the episodes and more information. Uh, find us on Facebook uh, you can go to facebook.com lunch. we're on Twitter at BYOLpodcast and of course on iTunes and on Stitcher stay tuned for the Jimmy Jack Cow Punch Hour followed by Mansoor and the Fish hope you'll join us next week when we'll have another great guest until then then and for however long after this is Dave I'll see you next Tuesday